0: On today's episode, we tackle the latest installment in the Jurassic franchise with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and take on our mission to save the dinosaurs from extinction for the second time. This is I'd Like a refund. welcome to the second episode of our i'd like a refund podcast once again i am one of your hosts ryan joined today as always by my friend joel joel how are we doing today i'm doing
1: great i'm excited this is one of my favorite film franchises in the world i can't wait to
0: talk about this yeah it's gonna be a good time everybody loves the jurassic park franchise at least a little bit uh then of course we have cameron here as well cameron how are we doing today
2: yeah, I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about this movie because uh, I don't really care about the Jurassic Park movies, if I'm being
0: honest. Wow. Okay. There's one in every crowd. I they're fine. There's, there's fine. one. That's in what e- I said about Greatest showman. There's one in every group of three that hosts a podcast together. There's <laughs> yeah. always one. Did you did you guys keep the role? fit?
1: Did you see Did you see the fit here? Oh I'm yeah, in the Jurassic Park shirt. Yes. Yeah, so th- oh, sorry. I stepped away from the mic, and, and, on, and on top of that, a Jurassic Park shirt this is perfect for an audio
2: podcast
1: yeah right everyone visualize right now okay so everyone close your eyes everybody close your eyes okay you know imagine a five foot nine uh hispanic male wearing a jurassic park t-shirt with a jurassic park button up over it and a backwards uh bass pro shops hat there you go i
0: think it's i think it's really nice that in the second episode you're lying to our audience already about your height that's pretty great Uh,
1: why would you lie about
2: being five nine (laughs) Yeah, add a couple more inches there. That's
1: what the doctor told me. I used to be five <laughs> seven and a half, which is the same height as Steven. Spielberg Always add an inch or two when you
2: can. I learned uh, that on Tinder.
1: Okay, <laughs> so anyway, uh, a little opening question for you guys today. <laughs> going back to the original Jurassic Park film, if you had to, pick, I feel like we're all going to have the same answer for this, so maybe I'll mix it up a little bit. But if you could pick one of the original cast members, not necessarily the actors, but the actual characters to hang out with whether it be go to a baseball game go to a bar and grab a drink I don't care what you're doing who would you hang out with Ryan let's go to you first
0: that's a fantastic question I I feel like this is just top of the head I'm gonna say this and I may end up regretting it but I'm gonna go with Arnold from the first Jurassic Park movie that's Sam (laughs) Jackson's character because I really just want to be in social settings with him and whenever things get a little dicey him to turn to me dramatically and tell me to hold on to my butt that's all they really that's, want out of this
1: that's what i say anytime anybody gets in my car that's usually the first thing i just hold on to your butts just because you I never also, know what's
0: i also don't want to be like you and also pick jeff goldblum so I, okay I think i'm gonna go okay. i'm gonna go with sam jackson
1: okay well cameron
2: um probably laura dern
1: ah oh, my god because that's, she's cool yeah i just, she's I just feel like you're okay why I like
2: laura dern she's cool
0: no, but you said the character, not the not the actor. Yeah. Okay, but I'm gonna
2: be honest with you, I've seen Jurassic Park like twice, so I don't really know
1: Ellie Sattler.
2: Yeah, right. Ellie Sattler, the scientist.
1: She's I mean, a... they're, all, they're all scientists in some way. <laughs> not the
2: children. Not I don't the know. children.
1: I'd hang Tim... out with the kids too though. They okay. Seem, they seem <laughs> So I would hang out. You're right, Ryan. You guessed correctly. I would hang out with Jeff Goldblum, but if I didn't have to, I was actually expecting one of you guys to pick him. So I was also going to say I'd pick out uh, Muldoon. I would hang out with Muldoon, the rapper. Muldoon's a good choice. He's phenomenal. He'd be so cool. Plus, if we were hanging out in the park, I would feel pretty safe. You know, I know obviously things don't work out for him in the end, but I feel like he's a good guy to hang out with. See,
2: I don't, I don't even know these characters.
1: Oh my! How many times have you seen this movie? Jurassic Park? I just told you twice. You've only seen the original Jurassic Park twice?
2: Yeah, I so saw once on VHS and then once it's in re- its re-release in 3D.
1: Oh, I went and saw that. See, yeah. so, but see, this makes a lot more sense. Now I understand why you liked Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
2: I think... Uh, I, in,
0: uh, well, let's get yeah, into this. So right, we'll right, in how about you, really? you take us yeah. into this a little yeah. bit? Right? Yeah, let's get us <laughs> into this a little bit. Because... Joel did mention that, you know, Jurassic Park franchise is his franchise. However, he picked this movie. So, Joel, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you chose Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? I mean, as we
1: get into things a little bit more, as we dive deeper into the movie, the biggest thing is just that it let me down because it had, I hate this word. I hate this word so much, but it had so much potential. It mm-hmm. was so close. It had some moments, which we'll talk about, that felt like a Jurassic Park film. But it was yeah. just all those moments were mixed into just a bunch of like rubbish that just could have been done so much better or just completely something else, really. You know, but like I said, as we dive deeper into the foo- the, the, foo- the movie, as we go further along, I'll, I'll touch on those points a little bit more.
2: Okay, I do want to push you on this a little bit, though, though, because like you you are you did choose this movie with the understanding that like because for me when i watched it i thought it was fine i thought it was did what a blockbuster was supposed to do and which i know is what you guys felt about the greatest showman last week but you hate this movie right like you think no, this movie okay sucks so,
1: no, no and, and I'll, I'll say that right here from the get-go i was kind of talking to ryan about this earlier over text i don't hate this movie It's not like I would never watch this movie again. And who knows? By the end, I'm probably going to tell people to go see it. But my problem is, and I kind of talked about this last week, this film had a lot of problems for me personally because of the fact that I love Jurassic Park so Mm -hmm. much. And, you know, I'm going to go against a lot of the stuff that I normally preach on this episode because I'm that guy that's always, it's a movie. It entertained. It did what it's supposed to do. Audiences enjoyed it. A family's gonna go have fun watching this film yeah that's true but there are a lot of things about this being a Jurassic Park film that I did not like and that's why I ended up choosing this movie because it was kind of a big blockbuster hit that just didn't do it for me which I think is kind of what we say in our description of the podcast itself it's just it left me wanting so much more than it was and kind of upset over what it could have been
0: now Joel did you go opening weekend I'd imagine to go see this movie
1: I actually don't think I went opening weekend, but opening week. I don't think I saw it that first weekend, but I did see it that opening week. Um and I just remember walking out again, feeling just kinda let down. Um I, I guess I can kind of wait until we actually get started talking about the movie itself to kind of go into that a little bit deeper, but I was I was fine. I was content with what I saw, but again, for a jurassic film it could have been so much more there there were so many good moments that were just surrounded by so much crap in my mind
2: what what's your opinion of jurassic world because i do feel like that's an important thing we should talk about before we get into the sequel right we need to know where everyone stands on the first one
1: and i didn't mind the first one i know actually i think a lot of people preferred the second one over the first one
0: um, um, from not friends every, that i talked to though. yeah
1: maybe not everybody uh but, but i actually didn't mind the first one i i think Jurassic world was fine um it had some great moments it had again some classic Jurassic park moments to it um but i walked out of that one pretty happy with what i saw it was about what i expected i think after they set the precedent with this new you know quote unquote trilogy whatever we want to call it for Jurassic world with that one i was expecting a little more out of the second film
0: I, th- I think that the first film actually touches on certain elements that feel more like a Jurassic Park original film, because it almost kind of coincides in certain ways with how they were imagining things in the original film, like mm-hmm. the original one, it's a theme park we're about to open, but this is our test run for it, making sure that everything's up to code. And then in Jurassic World, it's the theme park, but it's open, we're ready to go. So they kind of mirror each other in a certain way. So people that will love the original Jurassic Park might have a better understanding of the original Jurassic World and feel more attached to it. Whereas people like yourself, Cameron, who, doesn't really connect with the jurassic park franchise as much may feel like jurassic world fallen kingdom is better because maybe it's just a better popcorn style big budget film
2: oh no i think i like jurassic world more i like the first one more um the the interesting thing about the jurassic world is that they actually take things from the original jurassic park book that the that the original movie didn't put in that movie and they Mm -hmm. put them in they put it in jurassic world which i thought was really interesting
1: which, just out of curiosity, have has anyone here read the book? Oh, uh, yeah, I read though, the book. The even Michael, though it's my the, favorite. The original the Michael, Michael Crichton. Crichton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, even though it's my favorite movie, I've only gotten like four chapters in. I think I've gotten, because uh, it's broken down in iterations in the, in the book. It's like iteration one, iteration two. I think I've only gotten to the fourth iteration in actually reading the book. I think so, the book's but I'm, I'm just a terrible reader. I, yeah. I've heard nothing but great things. And, uh, wonderful. But I'm just a, I'm just a bad reader. So
0: it's one of those novels that just expands the lore of the film so much more. And it gives right. you so much more insight and the lost world novel does that even more. So, well, mm-hmm. um,
2: th- what's so interesting about the whole lost world thing is that in the Jurassic park book, Dr. Ian Malcolm dies. Like yeah. yeah. oh, yeah,
1: there's him. there's so many different things that it's completely different. You know, spoilers I, for I, like anybody said, who <laughs> hasn't read that book, by the way. Yeah, right, yeah no, I mean, like I said, I novel. haven't I haven't read, you know, I, either the books. I have two copies of. Well, I have a copy of Jurassic Park and then I have a copy of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, like in this in the same one or whatever. And I've read neither of them, you know, but I know like a lot of the details about you know, who dies and who survives. I mean, the whole opening sequence of the book itself. Is the opening sequence of the second movie in the in the film yep. trilogy? Well, yeah, you know, so it's like
2: because they blow the at the end of the book they blow up Isla Nublar, mm-hmm. like they just blow it up, and so they you know the movie was they didn't blow up their you know Isla Nublar. All this stuff obviously took place on Isla Nublar. Even they have the you know the sequel trilogy there. Um But well, also, they certainly, I, they,
0: they certainly did their damnedest to blow it up in this film. So yeah, that's true.
2: I will also mention I haven't seen The Lost World or Jurassic Park three. I've only seen the first Jurassic Park and then the Jurassic World movies.
0: You've never seen I... the You've never seen the T Rex storming through San Diego for like forty five minutes because that's like right. That? I was gonna touch no. on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I personally, growing up, I didn't like Jurassic World a lot. I didn't necessarily hate it, but of the original trilogy, it was kind of like my least Wait, favorite. Do you
2: mean The Lost World?
1: Yeah, The Lost World. Okay. Did I say Jurassic World? You said Jurassic yeah. World. Yeah, yeah like, that's right. Growing World. up. No, The Lost World. Growing up, watching Lost World, it was just never my favorite. But as I've gotten older, I've I've enjoyed it a little bit more. I really enjoyed Jurassic Park 3. I remember seeing Jurassic Park 3 in theaters as a kid. Um, I loved that one. I know a lot of people have their issues with it. But I think I was just really excited to see Dinosaurs on the big screen again. And I didn't mind what we saw in Jurassic Park 3 of having you know Alan Grant back and you know, Ellie Sattler's little kind of cameo in there. So...
0: I, like I, think if you, I think if you're a fan of the Jurassic franchise, there are bits and pieces from every single film that you will at least enjoy, so make it that it's not just an absolutely horrible experience for you right, to watch it. Right. Um, but we talked about all these other Jurassic Park films. Let's do a little bit of a summarization of the one we're talking about today, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom takes us back to the island of Isla Nublar, but this time it's in peril from a volcanic eruption that threatens to wipe out the dinosaurs. This sequel reunites us with Owen Grady and Claire Deering, as they are tasked by Eli Mills with returning to the island in order to save several species. However, it turns out that the rescue mission was really a ploy for Eli to capture and sell the dinosaurs to the highest bidder. Meanwhile, Dr. Henry Wu's newest invention, the super-intelligent Indoraptor, escaped during the auction. Our heroes prevail over this new species of dinosaur, but at the cost of letting the captive dinosaurs into our society, thus taking us into a new... Jurassic World. So that gives us a little bit of background on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Now with this film, it was not necessarily very popular amongst critics sitting at a 47%, but a common, uh, common review style with this one is that the audience actually tended to agree with the critics. We don't see very often at a 48% with the audience. So, guys, why do you feel like maybe audiences and critics were kind of aligned on this one as opposed to like Greatest Showman and some other films that we've seen where the audience just always tends to bump the score up a little bit more just because they're not as critical in general? Joel, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think with this, unlike Greatest Showman, which you kind of talked about earlier, there's it's not hiding anything. It is what it is. Greatest Showman, like we talked about last week, was hey, we have this kind of storyline that we're trying to tell you, but oh here's this flashy musical number and here's all these dance sequences and stuff like that. It's kind of grabbing your attention. Where really that's what you're focusing on. At the end of Greatest Showman, I don't think a lot of the audience members were looking back on, oh man, PT Barnum's storyline was great, right? You know no one's looking at that story arc, no one's looking at the relationships like we were looking at. But with this film, it was exactly what what you saw. You know, there was there was nothing they were hiding. Yeah, there were these different sequences and stuff that kind of grabbed your attention, but it wasn't big, flashy musical. There wasn't something that you were listening to on your car ride into work. You know, it was, again, exactly what you saw on screen was the film. Therefore, the audience and the critics were looking at the
0: same thing. Cameron, what do you think maybe the audience was missing then by putting their scores in? Because you, as somebody who probably liked the movie more than the three of us, why do you think maybe audiences didn't resonate as much with it?
2: Yeah, I... I'm gonna be honest with you, hearing the audience score was kind of surprising to me because I watched this movie with my dad uh, and we, we'd only seen it the one time that we saw it in theaters. You know, we never felt the need to go back to it, but obviously, you know, we're watching it for the podcast. And so we both watched it. And when it got to the end of the movie, he was like trying to help me find things that were like kind of dumb about it. It's kind of fun. Uh, but then when we got to the end, Drew Bills was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, it was like, we enjoyed it. We thought it was fine. Like, even as I was like trying to be overly critical and overly like, you know, this movie sucks. Like I, I couldn't really find, like they were dumb things that happened in the movie. I mean, it's a blockbuster. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. But like, as far as like, uh, like I, like, I re- like I really don't know, like, yeah i guess there could have been more like there could have been more but this the thing about this movie also has to deal with is the fact that it's the second movie in a trilogy and any i don't know of any movies that are second in a trilogy that aren't you know given a handicap right toy story two easily the easily the best
1: one of the franchise that's, I'm
2: just kidding. i that, that, that that. Like, I'm trying to think of like second movies and trilogies that are better or that are the best ones in this in the series. I mean,
0: most people would argue that Empire Strikes Back fits that bill. Okay, um, so there's yes, one. I would agree. But no, I agree with you. I agree you know. with you. In most instances when you have a trilogy, the first film is generally the best one. Uh there's only a couple instances where maybe like a Toy Story or a Star Wars would feel that way. Or like even the Star Wars prequels, most people would argue that those films. The third one was the best one. Yeah, we we don't have enough time. Oh, in I this thought you. I to thought get into the prequels. For
2: some reason, my mind went to sequels, and I'm like, did you just say Rise of the Skywalker was the best R- one of the? the sequ- Skywalker, Rise of the Skywalker. Skywalker. Okay, I, the Skywalker. I, um, oh, no, but God. but
1: Cameron, based on, based on talking to you, and I'm not I'm not trying to like like uh, attack you here. It's not really an attack, but it, it's kind of coming to you know, it, it's coming into my line of sight here that as I mentioned before, I think a lot of my problems with this movie are the fact that I'm such a big Jurassic park fan because you have already told us you've only seen the original Jurassic park twice. And like you were saying right now, Oh, you finished watching it with your dad and you were just kind of like, yeah, like it was fine. Like I don't see anything wrong with this, but I feel like the majority of audiences are very familiar with Jurassic park. You know, like (laughs) it's a movie that they enjoy a lot. So whether they've seen it a hundred times or so, you know, like myself, or it's just a movie that they've seen a handful of times, it's a film that they're at least very familiar with. They're very familiar with what the original felt like. Um, that going into this one and, and kind of seeing how it compares and contrasts, and obviously, they're different movies, a different trilogy, a whole different world essentially. Um, I think, again, uh, as we go into this, you're going to notice that a lot of my problems with this are the fact that it doesn't seem to fit with what the original film and even so the original trilogy kind of laid out for us. So we'll get we'll get more into that as we keep going. I
0: mean, Jurassic Park as a whole is one of those like tentpole films, like especially for people our ages and our 20s we even though like we were probably still too young to really appreciate it as much most kids played with like dinosaur toys mm-hmm. growing up as kids and Jurassic Park certainly was the film element to that that made us appreciate like dinosaurs even more so so it's certainly one of those film franchises that people just they just know about it like a back to the future like a what Star Wars any of those like What you did the
2: original that. Jurassic Park come out was it 95 93 93 93 yeah oh see so, yeah i See, I had another four years before I was born
0: uh, at that point.
1: would age yourself, Cameron. I know.
2: Um, I'm the young
0: one. Well, we have the uh, critics and the audience scores sitting at roughly around the same percentage, but that certainly didn't stop people from going to see the film. The budget for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom sits at about $170 million, but they made that back almost entirely in the domestic opening weekend, sitting at about $148 million, a little over that. Domestic box office total sits at about 417 million and then worldwide it was one of several billion dollar films that we've seen sitting at 1.3 billion dollars as their final intake for the product. So guys clearly just because audiences don't like this film that doesn't mean they didn't go to see it and this is really the first instance we're going to have here where it's People are going to see a film, maybe because of the lore of the franchise, just because they know it's a popcorn-style movie. This film, I believe, came out in June. Yeah, June twenty-second, 22nd June twenty-second, 22nd. twenty eighteen. So right in the middle of the summer, summer months coming in for the box office. So nobody really saw any reason to think that this was a bad film. If you are someone at Universal which is why they're moving on with the third, the third installment of the franchise because if it makes all of its money, and we've learned that with film franchi- film franchises like Transformers where people don't like them but they make a ton of money so they keep making them. Is this film bad enough per se, Joel, and I'll ask you this since you kind of don't appreciate it as much, is this film bad enough rating wise to justify continuing on with the franchise?
1: No. And I'll touch on this a little bit more later, but I'm actually very excited for the third film.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But I um, think
0: I think we yeah, I think I know exactly what your reasons are behind that, probably for the same reasons that they went back to what they're going to do for this next one. But I want to before we get into like the real meat of this thing, there's two elements I like to go over. First, we have director J.A. But how do you say his name? Bayona Bayona. Bayona. Yeah, there it is. J.A. Bayona. Now, this would be his, looks like his fourth feature film. He started off in 2007 with The Orphanage, followed it up with The Impossible, then A Monster Calls in 2016, which is the film that got him brought on to do Jurassic Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. He also has a couple television credits to his name. He did two episodes of Penny Dreadful in 2014. And his next upcoming projects, and this will be interesting, he's doing the pilot and second episode of the Lord of the Rings television franchise on Amazon.
1: Tell me why I didn't know that was even going to be a thing.
0: You yeah, didn't even know,
1: know that, was that? I had no clue. Well, let me put it... This, it's ready? got like ready? a
0: billion dollar budget. Like,
1: guess no what? joke. One guess billion what? dollars. Guess what, everyone that's listening to this podcast right now, I've never seen a single Lord of the Rings film, Hobbit film, any of those movies at all. You I've just never you just, bothered. You just,
0: you just instantly became the least likable member of oh, the Oh, that, and that's
1: fine. I... I I've seen bits and pieces. I can't say I've watched an entire one. And what I've seen, I just it, it's just not for me. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying I don't understand why people watch it. It's just not my thing. Maybe I need to give another shot, but just Lord of the Rings was never up my alley.
2: Yeah, I've uh, I've never seen one either. Wow. I've never even seen bits and pieces. I've Wow.
1: Oh, so this is just going to be our last episode then, because <laughs> oh nobody's possibly going to listen after they just heard that.
0: Oh, that is that is so know. that's unbelievable i can't believe i can't believe i know two people that haven't I'm seen it i'm just not didn't know huge that into them. the
2: whole fantasy thing all
0: right so if anybody wants to send in audition tapes to be new replacements on the show you can send it to this email at oh uh, no okay no i will keep these guys all right um so so we have director jay bay, bay- no, i'm never i'm gonna get this bayona, right it's by okay the, bayona. By, the, by the end just of the episode just call him the director yeah the director J. A. bayona um I talked about some of his previous works. Let's talk a little bit about where Trevorrow's hands were in this franchise because he kind of passed it off to uh, Bayona when Trevorrow was supposed to move on to Star Wars. So Joel, why don't you tell us a little bit about Trevorrow's handle on this franchise as a whole?
1: Yeah. So he directed the first one um, writer on the second one here, and I believe he's going to be the one coming back to direct the third one as well. Um, Like you said, it was for Star Wars. The whole reason that he wasn't, kind of on board to direct the second film of course big part of it though executive producer writing credit um i think jay bayona actually did a great job i i don't think the directing was the issue with this film in any way i agree um, a big part of it for me was the writing but i i don't want to put it on colin trevorrow uh specifically and say that it was all him um or uh what's his name the other writer do you have his name off the top of your head
0: um I can't think uh,
1: of his yeah, name. But... Yeah, it's uh, Derek Connolly. Yeah, or Derek Connolly either. I... I... This I think it was just the story itself, uh, the writing itself, like dialogue and stuff like that, wasn't necessarily bad. It was just the story oh, so that itself I that I was disagree a with. I thought that yeah, was there dialogue there were was some bad. dialogue, some cheesy dialogue sections, especially between uh, Claire and Owen. Um, that, that bar sequence, especially, was kind of like awkward and weird. Oh, but that, yeah, that's a bad sequence. <laughs> the, the
2: movie felt like the movie felt like it belonged in a movie. You know what I'm saying? Like it yeah, very yeah, much yeah, yeah. felt
0: like this is dialogue. This is a
1: movie. Right. Right.
0: Almost like they were reading off a teleprompter for some of their scenes. It just didn't feel natural. Some of these spots.
1: I think I text Ryan that I think all of justice Smith's, uh, uh screenplay just said ah
0: like over and over again (laughs) that that's that that scream that he has they put in the trailer just that thing sticks with you man like after you saw that the first time it's such a like blood-curdling scream that he can't get it out of your head and i was waiting for that part to come in when i rewatched it just because i could remember again just how much i disliked that big scream that he had
1: and you're talking about what him and claire in the bunker yeah when the lava is coming
0: in and the dinosaurs coming towards them yeah that's exactly what i mean
1: yeah, but uh, no, going back to J.A. Bayona, I, I don't think his direction was any problem with this. Actually, he he did a good job of the horror elements of the yes. movie. He did a very good job with those, those sections. Um, I just think story-wise, it wasn't all there. Um, so I, I don't place any blame on him. If if they had said he was coming back to direct the third, I'd be happy with it. Um, something pretty interesting, and and maybe you guys were hoping to talk about this a little bit later, uh, but I sent you guys the link to watch Battle at Big Rock, which was a short film that was released after Jurassic World followed like Kingdom. A, it was like a year later. It, it was 2019,
2: it ta- like September of 2019, I thought so.
1: Yes, and it takes place a little bit after. Um, so the writers for that were Colin Trevorrow. Who directed and, it as well. Who also directed it. Um, and it was also written by, let me make sure I get her name correctly. Sorry, I'm pulling up on IMDb I liked here. that the I video ready.
2: was 10 minutes long, and so I was expecting, you know, a 10 minute short film, and it was like six minutes once you got past the yeah. opening credits, and then the late credits with all the little videos in it. And so I was, I was
0: just like, oh, this is actually only a that's six how, minute short. That's film. how they, that's how they get to that bracket of YouTube, get it over 10 minutes to make more money off of it.
1: So yeah. okay, so it was written by Colin Trevorrow and Emily Carmichael. I don't know about you guys. Well, I, Cameron, you're going to disagree. Battle at Big Rock to me was, I wouldn't say better than the entire Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom film, but Battle at Big Rock itself was much more of a Jurassic film to me than Fallen Kingdom was. Can I
0: just just can I just interject something real quick? For go ahead. Battle yeah, go, go Rock, ahead. while it's at the top of my head. That's a horrible title. For the short, I think Battle of Big that either sounds like it like a civil war, a war battle, film. or it's or it sounds like like a season of MTV's The Challenge. Like it's like it's not a good <laughs> title at all. Yeah, like the, it's short, just... the short film is incredible, but they could have done so much and more it, with the, the title. short
1: film. Was great, and it was like I said, written by Trevor and, and Emily Carmichael, and that's going to be our writing team for the third installment oh, of this franchise. Okay. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, I think Derek Connolly is also going to be part on board with that. But uh, O and-
2: can't really write. Like I know he did the I know he did the um the short, but he wrote Book of Henry and that movie was so bad they took Star Wars away from him.
1: Right, but I'm not thinking about Book of Henry or Star Wars. I'm thinking about Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. So, like I said, I think that writing team did a good job with Battle at Big Rock and I'm excited to see what they do with the third film. If if they stay along the lines of what they did with that short, I think we're in for a very solid third film.
2: Does he have a writing credit on Skywalker? I'm not sure. I think well because he wrote the original script for number 3.
0: I would imagine that he would still and have And I think some he has a writing credit. credit on it, so yeah, but he only really has that because of because the, of the whole thing, yeah. Right. Because his script got scrapped, but they nope. still Oh, took yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, story okay. by. His story, story by. by.
2: Okay. I mean, but tr- tr- he had a whole script. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? The Fate Rise of the No. I, but you remember that whole script got leaked. Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We all read that or a lot of us read that. Yeah, at least. Um well, Trevorrow, I mean Trevorrow got Jurassic Park back at the forefront of people's minds with jurassic world because as much as people may like the lost world and jurassic park 3 it certainly has its flaws and they took a little break in between um just trying to gather themselves again and he jurassic world say what you will that is a very popular film more popular than the sequel that they had oh yeah so so he was able to bring jurassic park back into the cultural phenomenons that we have going on right now so i would imagine that with Based on what he has coming up with this third one, based on some of the casting decisions that they've made and just kind of the direction that he was taking the franchise originally, I trust that the third one itself could be take us back towards a better style of film and a more popular film more so than this sequel was because he kind of has his hands in everything this time Mm -hmm. around.
2: Yeah, we won't see the success that we saw from Jurassic World as far as box office goes. No. Because I don't know if you guys remember this, but that movie made $209 million on its first weekend. It was crazy. Which no movie had ever crossed the $200 million mark, and then it passed that on its first weekend. And then uh, that movie... Because that came out in the very beginning of June, and then I think the um, Avengers movie came out later that year, and then crushed. Oh no, it was Star Wars. That's right. It was twenty fifteen. So Star Wars came out and crushed. You know that opening. But yeah, I don't think we'll see success for um, the third Jurassic Park, or, you know, we obviously didn't see it. You know, success in the second one the way we saw in the first one. So,
1: which it's funny because have you guys ever seen those? Uh, when. I believe it, I, I could have this story completely wrong, but Star Wars overtook Jaws at the time as like the highest grossing film or, or something along those lines. And then later on down the line, Jurassic Park took it from Star Wars, and then I believe Star Wars ended up taking it back. But anyway, whatever this, whatever it may have been, uh, Lucasfilm and Spielberg over at Amblin, they kept kind of taking out like full page ads and like variety and stuff, basically congratulating one another on overtaking that spot and the ads were always very creative like I think one of them had like a t-rex leg one of them had just like r2d2 in in the ad and stuff so I think it's pretty funny that you know years later we still have a jurassic park film and star wars films kind of at the forefront of our pop culture a little bit
0: yeah, no, it's great. It's kind of sad, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's I, it's, gr- it's great for fandom. If you're somebody who's looking for new and original ideas, then yeah, it's not the ideal scenario. But those films are fun and generally a good time for all the audiences. So we could do a lot worse. Yeah, and I mean, I,
1: I think going back to what Cameron was saying, I think that's a huge part of why it did so well at the box office. You know, I think Jurassic Park three came out in like, I don't even remember what year that came out. It was early two thousands for sure. Yeah. Um, so you had been, it'd been a while, you know, before we had had a Jurassic Park film. And so when it came out in 2015 for Jurassic World, it was like, oh, they're back, you know, dinosaurs are back on the big screen. Um, and, and similar for Star Wars, you know, it had been a while since we had a Star Wars film. So to get that, you know, IP back in front of audiences, like, of course, yeah, you're going to have, like you said, fandom, people are going to show up for that. They, they want to see their favorite, you know, characters back on screen.
0: So it sounds like we all kind of have an agreement that Bayona did a pretty good job with this film, regardless of what the audience and the critics say. But the film as a whole, is there a point in this film for you guys where maybe you just kind of checked out, like maybe it was just the part where you were enjoying yourself and then something took a turn and really you were just kind of out from there? Cameron, you seem to like the movie the most. I want to see if there was a moment in that for you.
2: No, I there was never a point um I there was never a point where I felt like I don't want to watch this movie anymore um yeah no I like I I'm gonna be kind of quiet this time because I don't think that there's really anything too much wrong with this movie I think that all of the issues you see in like big summer movie blockbusters are the same issues you see in this movie is it anything special no um It sets up for a really cool idea for the third movie. Uh, Is anything terrible? No. I think that there are much, much, much worse sequels, especially with Chris Pratt. There are definitely some (laughs) terrible sequels with Chris Pratt, like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. This movie is not nearly as bad as that movie. So, no, this movie never lost me.
0: Joel, what about you? Was there ever a point in this film that maybe you kind of checked out? Uh I would say there's two specific
1: points that kind of really irked me a little bit. Um I would never say I ever got like checked out of it. I was never going to be like, "Ah, oh, this is dumb and walk out of the theater or anything like that." Uh but when we find out that Maisie's a clone, <laughs> i was like oh my god really that part that part's like, incredible seriously like this is where we're taking this now and again i i haven't read the book so if they ever get into to human type cloning and stuff in the books whatever but i was just like are okay. you kidding me like
0: i this is where we have to take this now uh it just it just seems too much for I me. I like they, the part specifically with that where they zoom in on her eyes to see if we can see like the uh, the irises that are yes. to, like the dinosaur yeah. eyes. It's like see, no, she still looks like a human child.
2: I don't have an issue with her being a clone. And now that you brought this up, this reminds me. I don't have an issue with that being the storyline. The one thing I did have an issue with was how it came up and like because you know like uh they're like hey come with me. And then the dad, or the, not the guy, whatever, the businessman or whatever, he's like,
1: you don't even know what she is. No, She's see, actually you, a clone. They told us that way beforehand, though. When she's, she's in the when she's in the closet.
2: Oh, I I know, but when it's revealed to her, like when it's revealed to, to all to... of them, yeah, no. See, that was the issue I had, just because, like, when he was like, "Hey, you have no idea what she is." It was like, "Well, how is this relevant to anything? It's how not is that relevant
1: to anything?" Period. It, they they literally never once have that as any sort of, you know, deciding factor in anything. Will it come out to play in the third film? Maybe. Will they just drop it? I kind of hope so. See, it would suck for the second film.
2: I disagree with that, though, because at the end, the whole reason why she lets the dinosaurs out is because she's like, hey, they're just like me.
0: Yeah, that's the part that I wanted to touch on in regards to this character. Um, the The little girl, Maisie. Yeah, it it you can argue whether it's weird or not that she is literally a clone of uh, Benjamin Lockwood, who is... We'll touch on him in a second as well because that's another Oscar part that lost nominee. Me. Yeah, uh, Benjamin <laughs> Lockwood, um, played by James Cromwell, that he that Maisie is the identical clone of his daughter who seemingly passed away. They never touch on how, mm-hmm. but when she has like she after he dies, and she takes his like book with like all the pictures and everything, and she sees the old picture of of someone looking just like her but clearly set in like a 70s style that's like kind of when it's first hinted at us right like that's when we really start to like get the idea like oh there's something different with her and like you said then we get to that scene in the basement when all the chaos is going on and eli just throws it out there like nonchalantly like oh yeah you don't know what she is she's dangerous you can't trust her all that standard stuff just to try and screw everybody over and then the indoraptor comes in and ruins that scene anyway but she the decisions they chose to go with with her was just so odd like did you have to did you have to have that story element in the film for it to still work because i certainly don't think so
1: and to touch on what Cameron was saying with the whole, oh, her letting go of the, the dinosaurs at the end, they could have written around that. They totally could have done something else. She's a child, you know? Oh, I felt bad. They were going to die. We couldn't let them die. I wanted to release them. It, it's easy as that. They She did not have to be a clone to let them out at the end. They completely could have avoided it. And a, as much as it would totally retcon things, I hope they just don't even bother bringing it up in the third film. I know They'll it just will. just pull a Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> Why You're do like, you keep saying Rise what? of The Skywalker.
2: I don't know because the movie is so boring. But I I just,
1: I I honestly hope that they just don't bother bringing it up in the third film
0: at all. I just want her here, deliver that line again, like she did it when she lets them go, and she goes, "I had to." They're alive. Don't get me me. wrong. I think she's dumb as hell. Like I have my notes. I have. Don't (laughs) say that about a a child. No, she's
1: dumb. No, okay. And to be completely honest, I actually think that the actress you know, for the child she she did a pretty good job
0: yeah she was that fine.
1: last line is pretty terrible <laughs> it's that so last funny. line is so cringe and, and the way she delivers it that was like the one line it was like here this is your most important line and then and that was the line she delivered the worst um but i, I think she did a good well, job
2: well you know if we're if we're talking about the little girls since we're talking about characters that aren't you know chris pratt and uh bryce dallas Howard. Let's talk about, um, I don't even know who they were like the boy and the girl. What, what were their names
1: in the film? Okay. Okay. So, okay. So we're we talking ha- about ha- Franklin and Zia. Yeah. Those have? ones.
0: Yeah. Right. So Zia is played by Daniela Pineda and Frank, and then, uh, Franklin Webb is played by justice Smith, who of course you all know as the Pokemon trainer from detective. Pikachu. Yeah, everybody, like, yeah, everybody knows that, right? Absolutely. I
2: almost just said Dr. Pikachu. Oh, I mean, Doctor- it's, <laughs> all the- <Dr. laughs>
0: it's all Pikachu. the, it's all the same at this point. um, Cameron, what do you what do you want to say about those two characters? So, like, I wrote down in
2: my notes that they're the Rose and Finn of Jurassic World, <laughs> because <laughs> because they introduce these characters and they're like, hey, here are these characters, and they're like, oh, by the way, we have nothing to do with them. Like, like we're like, what what were their whole what was their whole purpose? I,
1: I, I again I, I completely agree because I have no the the movie could have been the same thing without either of them yeah like we could have just had like generic we could have had just a generic what she call herself, a paleo-veterinarian? Okay, right? so so hold on a so second. She, that so that whole thing is... Hold funny. on. She's a she's a paleo-veterinarian who's... She gets there and she's like, I never thought I'd see one before. I wrote how down the you, exact you, same how you, thing! How are you a paleo-veterinarian and you've never I wrote actually down seen a dinosaur? the exact same and then, thing. And then yeah. she's like, yeah, this Velociraptor needs a blood transfusion. Like, all of a sudden, after having never seen a dinosaur before, she's just completely confident. She has no issues with shoving a... Finding a vein in a Velociraptor. Like, I don't know. It was it just... Should-
0: it's just that she it's she says i never thought i would even see one in real life it's like i can understand you saying like i've never seen one to think you would never see one when this is literally your job i don't understand that i was learning
2: the same thing i was like why'd you pay all this money to go why not just become like a human doctor yeah you know but like i'm gonna pay all this money to be a Um, a dinosaur doctor and then I'll probably never see one anyway. Like you must come from a pretty rich background. If you're just like, Hey, I'm just going to learn how to take care of dinosaurs,
0: but then also I'm never going to see one, but then also she's fine at the job. It's just like it, it, she has to be good at the job for the movie to happen. So you take that line where you think right away, She doesn't have any experience in this. Why are you here? Then it goes to, yeah, I did a blood transfusion from T-Rex blood (laughs) into a Velociraptor and everything went fine. She's going to be great. It's like, well, then why did you tell us that she was basically so inexperienced? And also, all of those doctors that worked at Jurassic World in the first film, because you know they had doctors on staff there. Mm -hmm. Did they all die? Because Uh, why not bring one of them?
1: Right. Well, okay, that's the same thing I would say for Justice Smith's character of Franklin. I would have been just as happy if... We got to the island and they were like, hey, here's Billy Bob. He's going to help you out with all the tech stuff. And it wasn't this character they were like trying to develop from the beginning of the film. you know? Because even in that scene in the bunker, then maybe we get to see that guy die. right? Yeah. I, I said that like I'm like, oh, maybe we get to see him die. No, if he's just this <laughs> character who's been in the film for five minutes, he's helping him out in the bunker. That dinosaur gets in there, kills him, and Claire escapes. Boom. That is fine. But instead we. It's fine. We to, yeah, it's fine. instead we're in there with with Claire and, and Franklin, and Franklin's just screaming the whole time. And, and, and okay, and then in there is like where something comes up. It happened already in the film, but another big part of the problem for me with this film is that. It's trying too hard to be funny as well. Like if you go to the original Jurassic Park film, yeah, there's a couple lines here and there that are kind of funny. But it was like it's like they're writing jokes into this film. You know what I mean? Like, oh, is it the T-Rex? Is it the T-Rex? Is it the T-Rex? And then the dinosaur comes out, she's like, Well, see, it's not the T-Rex. And it's like, it's like it's supposed to be this funny moment in the middle of this big tense scene. And I, I don't know, at least for me, it just it
0: just doesn't do it for me. It's like, why is that necessary? Like, let this scene stay tense. There were parts in this film where it almost felt like it was a cartoon. Like though mm-hmm. there's two parts in mind that I want to touch on for that. The first one is when they're locked in the jail cell and they use the I don't know what the name of the hammerhead dinosaur is. lock. Well,
1: it, it's a stigma. The lock.
0: hammerhead dinosaur. I love that. It's like yeah. a
1: smaller version of a Pachycephalosaurus.
0: Okay, so 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 that <laughs> Thank that, you. I was wondering. So that guy uh Owen Grady gets him to break through the wall, then break through the gate. He bangs his head on like a metal pillar and it does like the weird like, it, like clanging it sh- sound. It shakes it his head. It shakes shakes, yeah, it off. shakes yeah. his head and then he just shakes it off like it's <laughs> no problem. And then and then he does the same thing when he's stomping around again later. It was like a cartoon dinosaur. And then the other one is with the Indoraptor. This one, this one kills me. When the military guy uh, who's collecting the teeth, which oh, he's I know what you're gonna say. Yep. He, he's collecting dinosaur teeth so he can build a nice necklace out of them. He literally says as a line, oh, this'll make the nice centerpiece for my necklace. It's like my, my guy, you're like a you're like a seven-year-old <laughs> war veteran. Like why are you building a dinosaur necklace? Like you could do so much more with your life. But he goes into the cage, a cage is locked with the Indoraptor, the most dangerous dinosaur that we've ever seen. The cage is locked. He tranquilizes it, not knowing whether it worked or not. To tranquil, opens the door, goes into the cage, goes to pull the tooth, and then, as he's not looking directly at the face of the Indoraptor, the Indoraptor opens its eyes and cracks a <laughs> and smile and smiles at the, at the, at camera. the camera. At oh the camera. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like, what? Why? Like, this is. I this don't is have a, anything and, wrong uh, with that. I'm going to th- be honest with you.
2: Uh, I think it's where, fine.
0: Uh, but, no, but that's where the comedic parts don't need to come in. You can't have this directed like a horror film like ben, like they're trying to go with and then also throw those elements in because they just clash. It's not the right comedic style for this kind of film. See, I
2: completely disagree with
1: that. Cameron's, Cameron's going to go back and rewatch the first film, and, and he's going to be mad when the T-Rex doesn't look at the camera and wink before eating Gennaro off the toilet. <laughs> He's, he,
2: I remember like, that scene. No, but I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of self-aware because I do feel like this movie was a bit self-aware. And like, and so I don't necessarily see anything wrong with the wink. As a matter of fact, both my dad and I laughed at that sequence. So I know you guys say it feels like they're like adding humor in to try to be funny. But like, I legitimately thought that that was a nice moment. And it's not, I a think boot- that's, it's not I even
0: think- a matter. Go ahead, Ryan. I think that scene is funny, but it's not funny in the context of the film. It's funny because it's so out of place that it yeah. makes you laugh. It's
1: not. Yeah, it's not a matter of these scenes not being funny or the jokes that they're writing not being funny. They don't fit. They they don't fit with this with this franchise. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this new franchise, that's where they're trying to take it. But I try and picture this type of writing and like these jokes and stuff being put into the original film and me liking it as much as i do i i I just can't
2: okay but then okay so but then i have an issue i guess my i guess then the issue is is that comparing jurassic world fallen kingdom to jurassic park when it should be compared to jurassic world because even though that they're they're in the same franchise they're very different movies that come from very come from and for different generations
1: okay so then what's wrong with rise of skywalker why why doesn't Rise of Skywalker work?
2: Rise of Skywalker doesn't work because it's a terrible terrible movie in every single because way
1: because it doesn't fit into the rest of the Star Wars universe. It it not, it, not it, I don't it, even it,
2: care that it doesn't fit into the first 6 movies. It doesn't fit into its own trilogy. That's the issue.
1: I think we'll feel the same way about Fallen Kingdom at the, once we get this third film. Well, I, yeah, I honestly well do.
2: that's, you know, and we can get there when we get there, but when talking about the two together, I do feel that Jurassic world's tone is not super far off from Jurassic or Jurassic world. Fallen Kingdom's tone is not too far off from Jurassic world's tone. I feel that they work together
1: and no, now, here, let me let me jump in with this. And Ryan, I I might be jumping ahead, so if you want me to hold off on this, cut me off. Feel free. I think for me, if how let me, how how can I get into this? A big part of what this film seems to do wrong for me, and a little bit of Jurassic World, is all of a sudden with these past two films, it's human versus human with dinosaurs involved. Mm-hmm. Whereas agree. the original Jurassic Park films were always humans versus dinosaurs. Yes, there was they're little survi- humans their they're, sur- human.
0: they're survival movies.
1: Right. You know, like, yeah, like Jurassic, or in The Lost World, yes, we have, you know, you know, these kind of bad guys per se, you know, but especially in the first film and the third film, they're, they're survival movies, like Ryan said. You know, so for me, I look at this and I think, why did we have to have this whole auction sequence even be part of it? Continue with the whole, you know, go to the island and rescue the dinosaurs and let's move them over to Isla Sorna or wherever, whatever the other island was that they had. I don't remember if it was actually Isla Sorna or if it was a different island. But if we have this sanctuary island, yes, give them that mission of, please, go and rescue these species so they don't just get blown up. And then have the rest of the movie be them trying to save certain species while also surviving the island. Why does it have to come back at the end to this weird auction thing where we're weaponizing dinosaurs and this dinosaur responds to lasers and you know resonant calls and stuff like that like like then that needed to happen we could have had a much better film if it was just them on the island trying to survive the island
0: well but, i think that i think that they actually hint at the weaponizing elements in the first jurassic world I like think that's mm-hmm. where vincent D'Onofrio's and they did yeah that's where vincent in. d'onofrio's character yeah so it's not. It didn't come out of the. It didn't come out of the blue with that element. It may not be the element that you want to see happen with these movies, but it certainly wasn't one that felt out of place. Maybe how they executed yeah. it was out of place in your mind. Yeah, but- and,
1: and if I and if I worded it like that, maybe I. I don't remember what I just said, but I don't think it was necessarily out of the blue because, like you said, they they intro that in the last film in Jurassic World. I just don't think. That's where the story needed to go in this one. You could have gone really, they could have just been done with that. Maybe down the line, sure, we have someone here and there. But again, I think that just brings things back into human versus human. All of a sudden, we're trying to get these dinosaurs out of the hands of humans because of what the other humans are going to do with them. And it's less about what are these dinosaurs going to do on their own
2: and see again this is probably where it comes into my inexperience with the franchise because the story that I think the second one was aiming to tell and aiming to put forward for the third one I found that interesting and I am very interested to see I am interested to see you know and maybe this is just like the little like little boy in me excited but you know I am excited to see like what dinosaurs look like if they were used as weapons like i think that's a cool idea and i don't know if you remember but the um the concept art way before jurassic world came out they actually initially had mm-hmm. the human and dinosaur hybrids and that oh, was kind yeah. of like what they're and so like i'll be really interested to see if that comes forward in the the third one I doubt it will because I think they scrapped that idea but they still kind of went with like the the weapons you know the dinosaurs weapon kind of well let well let's talk
0: let's talk about a little bit about how we see this going forward. Let's touch on where the ending kind of takes us in this film and where it's going to probably take us into the third one. So it kind of it ends with like we mentioned before, Maisie letting the dinosaurs out into the open, mm-hmm. and then there's just a little bit of a montage showing a couple different shots of the dinosaurs out in the real world. So where do we think that They're going to take us with this next iteration of the film franchise.
2: Just to be clear, the the montage, was there a montage in the, oh, the montage with like the human interactions that was in the Battle of Bidrock.
1: Big the, Rock with the human interactions is Battle of Big Rock. There, there. That is also that does happen in the movie as does well. Does it? Oh, I must yes, have. The, I must
2: have turned it off right after. Yeah. Okay, in so the credits. Yeah. Okay. In, during
1: the credits, they they cut back and forth because
0: we see that we see the T Rex squaring off with the lion. We see the big oh, whale. Oh, I guess there's that a mos- that... there's, yeah. There's the Mosasaur with the surfers. The T Rex oh, with the lion. Oh, oh,
2: that stuff. That stuff. Yeah. Uh, the raptor. Okay, the raptors
0: and like the raptors and like the Hollywood Hills. And then there's like an end credit scene with the pterodactyls. Oh, okay. I guess yeah, I'd forgotten
1: about that. The pterodactyls are on top of the Eiffel Tower are in vegas so where do we think joel where
0: do we think we're going with this third film
1: where do i think where do i hope um both i i don't necessarily know if i have a, a think I, I know where i hope they go i want to see 100 percent wild uncontrolled dinosaurs mixed in to regular society so okay. again not to keep touching on battle of big rock because i know that's not what we're reviewing. But that's a great example, and that's why I wanted you guys to watch it, of what I think and hope the next film could be. Those dinosaurs were just there. They were just out there, and the people knew that they were there. This was part of our world now. They even said, like, oh, the park ranger said, if you see one, just let them be, and they'll go away. So it's like something that we're living with now, right? This has always been a question for all of mankind is, we never lived with the dinosaurs. What would that have been like, right? So I want to see that as bare bones as it can be which is why i have a problem with the whole weaponization i don't want to see what the world would look like with weaponized dinosaurs okay we never got to see what the world would look like with dinosaurs period that's the world that i want to see i don't want to all of a sudden be like oh yeah well the marines just took a bunch of dinosaurs into iraq or something like that like, like that that's not the story i want you know what i mean i want to be seeing people going like hey let's go to the beach today and they see a mosasaur eat friggin' a surfer or something, you know, or, hey, let's go on this hike. And all of a sudden they're seeing like an ankylosaurus like walking along like their trail, you know. that I, I just want to see this like mesh of of, these two different worlds that we've never gotten to see in real life mesh together, come together in this film. What do I want the conflict and stuff to be? I really don't know. And I that's why I hope, you know, maybe they'll come up with something cool, you know. But for me at the end of the day, I just want to actually see like you were talking about earlier with The Lost World, that last, you know, like third of the movie, we get to see the T Rex kind of going about San Diego. I want a whole movie of that, pretty much.
0: So, one thing that I think is interesting about where we're going with this next one is if you look at the cast list for Jurassic World, and it's titled Jurassic World Dominion, the one that's supposed mm-hmm. to come out at some point here, um, they really stepped their game back up with the cast in this one because not only did they take characters from fallen kingdom that we were introduced to like zia and like franklin characters we didn't really like all that much they went back to jurassic world and brought in characters that we enjoyed like omar size barry who was um who was like chris pratt's running man and training the raptors mm-hmm. and then we also have jake johnson who played like the tech guy in that one as yeah. well who was opening and closing the gates for claire and owen as they were trying to save the kids But not only that, we also are going all the way back to the original franchise, bringing in Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum as Alan Grant, Ellie Sadler, and Ian Malcolm, respectively. So it seems like, and I I don't think they're ever going to stop making Jurassic franchise films, but it feels like they're almost putting a nice crescendo on this iteration of the story by bringing in all these elements coming together. What do we think about them kind of just kind of bringing everything in Jurassic Park history together in one film.
2: Well, kind of going back to what I expect or what I want from an ending, I do think it's interesting. I am interested in what the timeline is going to be for Dominion because um, obviously um, the short film Battle at Big Rock was set a year after the events of what we saw at the end of Fallen Kingdom. And so I'm interested, since that already came out, are they going to set... Uh, dominion after battle at Bidrock? or are they going to set that before because i know one of the things i was really interested in what is what was going to happen right afterwards words like um one of the things that we got in fallen kingdom that we hadn't really gotten too much in any of the other jurassic parks was now it was a little bit more on the head but they cut but they kind of got into like the political aspect of Like the dinosaurs, you know, there was at the very beginning, they're like the U.S. is like, hey, will we get involved with, you know, saving these dinosaurs or whatever. So uh, especially with like, um, you know, how the media works today, I think it would be very interesting to kind of see civilizations or society's reaction to, oh, my God, dinosaurs are out in the world. And as we saw, they, they do come to accept them. I thought that that was an interesting idea. What you were saying, Joel is like, they were just like, Oh yeah, I guess there's just dinosaurs here. Like they weren't freaked out by the fact that they saw a dinosaur. They had already accepted that they were there. So that is one of the things I am interested in what dominion does specifically with the timeline. Um, and then Ryan, as far as you asked, um, yeah, I mean, if they want to end all this kind of story of Jurassic park, or Jurassic world or whatever. That's cool. I don't know how they're going to do like, they'd have to just get rid of dinosaurs, which I think would be a, you know, an interesting, I like, how are they going to get rid of the dinosaurs? Are they just going to kill them all?
1: I don't know. What, What I'm excited to kind of see in this next one, going back to what you're talking about with bringing in the original cast is, Alan Grant was all about the Raptors and he understood yes. how dangerous they were. He understood that they were the apex predator, you know, even above the T-Rex at the end of the day, as big as the T-Rex is and stuff like that, the Raptors are really what you got to worry about. Right. Yep. In contrast to Owen Grady who, and this is a huge thing that I haven't surprised I haven't brought it up yet, who trains the Raptors and we see him, you know, getting the Raptors to be vulnerable and, You know, when he when uh, Maisie's watching the videos of him and he's like, oh, I'm going to pretend to be hurt, you know, and we see Blue will come up and kind of like snuggle him like, oh, are you okay?" Like, like, that's not what the Raptors are supposed to be or have ever been. But these past two films, that's what they're showing us. Right. So I'm very curious to see Alan Grant and Owen Grady kind of coming together. And because it's it's, it's, because it's different ideals. Yeah, absolutely. They're kind of polar opposite, you know, and I'd be kind of just, I feel like the way they're going to take it is getting Alan Grant to kind of understand and accept like, this is what they can be, you know. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how they take that because like you said, they have kind of opposite ideals there on how the Raptors should be treated or at least thought of. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how, how they kind of match up there.
0: I think as long as they utilize the old cast in the appropriate way, Mm because one of the things that I had a problem with, and I want to transition us into like some of these smaller detail issues that come up in the film to create a little extra discussion. But one of them in particular that bothers me is bringing in Jeff Goldblum for Fallen Kingdom to literally put all of his shots in the trailer to help sell the movie and then Mm -hmm. never use him again. I don't think this new film is going to go that route. Because they didn't, they made it such a huge deal that they were bringing the original, bringing in the original three leads from Jurassic Park. I don't think they're going to go that way, but I am concerned that it is a possibility because of how they treated Ian Malcolm in Fallen Kingdom.
1: From what they've all posted on their Instagrams, because I follow all of them there, it seems like they were on set for quite a while. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like they're actually going to have good roles from what I've heard from other cast members and from Colin Trevorrow on his Twitter and and etc., it seems like they're actually going to be pivotal parts of the movie. They aren't just going yeah. to be people who are in the movie for no reason.
2: What you were talking about with the Jeff Goldblum thing Really, that was one thing I had an issue with because they hit because it was all supposed to be from the same hearing, right? When he was like giving his opinion, (laughs) yeah, and they used it at the beginning and then they used the same exact thing at the end, and it was like that makes no sense logistically. Yeah. not at all i like, agree with you like that was really weird i don't know what that decision was and it it just but, felt out of place you didn't oh 100
0: you didn't even need to have him shoot that scene because it really just screws things up like it you only like i said you brought him in to sell tickets mm-hmm. by put say, like, hey jeff goldblum's back in this one come see fallen kingdom and then they show all of his stuff in the trailer he gets that big tagline at the end welcome to Jurassic World. He gets to say that big line and they put it in the trailer and everybody gets excited. But when you watch it in the context of the film, it doesn't fit at all. Um, One of the other issues that I wanted to touch on in regards to casting with this new group, and this is just real brief, it's just, I'm just so glad that they are bringing in more of these past characters because I don't know if you guys agree, but I feel like this was the Jurassic Park franchise film where it had the least memorable side characters like they just didn't really like we talked about mm-hmm. uh franklin and bash or no excuse me franklin and sia <laughs> sia
2: <laughs> um, that's her name sia? yeah zia ah! zia, zia. zia. Z- 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 yeah yeah can we, we just ta- say zia is probably the worst negotiator i've ever seen in my life because i was re-watching that movie <laughs> you- and there's and shit so When they turn on blue and they all shoot blue or whatever, and then they turn on Chris Pratt's character, she goes and she pulls the gun out and she's like, You're gonna have to take me with you or else the raptor's gonna die. And they're like, Okay, one, why'd she need to pull the gun on them? That was, you know, a little. And st- I don't know what that was but then five minutes later we find out Chris Pratt is still there so she was just like oh hey by the way you can just leave my guy here to die not use any of the leverage that she had with like oh hey the raptor's is going to die but we'll just leave Chris Pratt's character here in the middle of a volcanic eruption I guess he'll die and then when she saw him it wasn't like a surprise like oh I'm glad you got here alive it was just like oh, yeah, and he wasn't like, hey, you left me to die. I, th- I thought that that was ridiculous. I
1: think I, mean, I, can, I, I, think I can kind yeah. of overlook that a little bit because, like, I mean, let's be real. After we saw how many guys there were, like, like he says, you know, I don't remember what the line is, but he kind of tells her, like, I think we got you outnumbered here, you know? Like, if she was going to be like, okay, like, I'm the only one who can keep this raptor alive, but also you have to keep him alive or I'm going to shoot each of you one at a time. Well, like, No, like what, you
2: but know? she could <laughs> like, just, like, just be like, well, yeah you know i just thought i was just like why would you not try to get chris pratt to come with you too
1: i mean yeah i I get what you're saying i i just don't think there was any anything she could have said that would have gotten them to be like yeah okay we'll we'll save him
0: but nothing she there's nothing she could have said to make her an interesting character to begin with (laughs) okay
1: yeah uh that does remind me though like going back to the whole comedy thing like him escaping the lava like oh my god oh i thought that was funny it, exactly why why do we need that i don't want to, i don't want to be watching him rolling around on the floor and and let me flop my leg over all weird and wicked i don't know it's just it just
0: unnecessary to me i liked it all right so i want to move on to just a couple key details in the film that maybe screw up the plot a little bit before we move on um one in particular um we have ben lockwood who again is played by um by James Cromwell, who's supposedly the co creator of Jurassic Park and all of these science experiments with the dinosaurs. Why did we not hear about this guy until the fifth film in the franchise? Yeah. The supposed partner of John Hammond. Yeah,
2: I was going to say, is that something, because I just don't remember. Was that something that was ever brought up in previous no. films? No, it's no, just I, like, no.
0: It's just brand new. Okay. And it does, it just, it's one of those things that's just like, why? You didn't have to make him make it sound like this guy's been around the whole time. Just have him be the person that bought it, like the, after Hammond died. Just do that. And I know they had the the other guy in the, in Mizrani. the, pre, in the yeah, Ms. who dies in the helicopter crash. Just have him work for this guy. Like he doesn't have to be the new owner because you're gonna you're gonna be like, well, where's this guy been the entirety of these twenty plus years that we've been doing these films? It just really, uh, really stuck out with me. Um another one that bothers me. Um the Claire and Owen relationship there's n- I don't know why they decided to break them up after the first film just for them to get back together again <laughs> in this one. Like it's just well there has to be some
2: romantic tension there because right, but if it- they were together then you know it would have been all, oh, everything's happy and fine, but I, you need some romantic tension. But then I don't
0: ha- oh. don't have them get together at the end of the first one, then, if you want to still create some tension. Or don't have them fall back into each other so quickly in this one. Joel, what were you going to say about that? No,
1: I, well, actually, yeah, I liked hearing your solution there. Either don't have them get together at the end of the first one, but... Oh, but they, make had, it to. F- but, no, they right? had to. No, right? I know. Going back to your greatest showman, it's because they had to. Yeah. Uh, that's fine, you know, but even then like you're saying Ryan if they're still together I think I would have been much more interested seeing them together and being more uh, like divisive over going and not going than this like awkward like let me buy you a beer and convince you to go to this island and then you're gonna pretend like you're not gonna go and then show up like the hero type thing like I I, I think had like you said they stayed together. And then we see them kind of battling it out, like no, there's no reason we need to go. This is putting a, ourselves in unnecessary danger, type thing, you know. And then you no, know, well, we have to save them. And the, you know, these are my babies. I,
0: I think I would have preferred that. Well, I actually wanted to touch on the subject of their relationship a little bit further, and I wanted to see if you guys would agree with me on this. In the first Jurassic World film, we see Claire more of thinking like the dinosaurs are just assets that mm-hmm. they can make money off of. Whereas we have Owen that treats them like they're living animals, like part of our ecosystem. Am I right so far? Mm-hmm. So when we see them again in that bar scene, Claire is an activist who is trying to save all of the dinosaurs. And Owen thinks that they should just be killed off because it's essentially just like natural selection. Am I still, you still with me? Mm-hmm. So they completely flip those two characters' mindsets from one film to the other. Yeah. they com- they completely changed what those characters were about without any explanation as to why they felt this way now it, it, am i off base with this one because it just really stuck out with me early on in the film it's no you're like, right because uh, it, it
1: pops into my mind too i and i think it just is one of those things where it's like oh the events of the first film caused everyone to have a change of heart type thing you know what i mean i i don't know if claire felt like she had a special connection with the t-rex when she brought the t-rex out to help get the the indominus rex in the first film and and owen realizes you know what oh crap like these things are dangerous like maybe we shouldn't be going this route with them and we should just let them kind of die off you know yeah see i um
2: i guess i disagree with that a little bit just because i i feel like I feel like, yeah, it is like a thing that happened between the movies. And I feel like the big thing for him, though, playing like the card and like they don't matter isn't because he actually feels that they don't matter. I feel that's literally him just playing that card because it's opposite of what Claire. What's her name? Claire? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's opposite of what she wants. And he's trying to do the whole, oh, we're broken up, so I don't care about what you care about kind of thing i think that he really still cares about the animals because he still goes and he obviously stares still cares about blue and still cares i think that that whole facade he puts up is purely just a cool guy acting cool around his ex-girlfriend thing
0: well that that's just not a good it i i get what you're saying i just don't think that's a good reason to have that tonal shift in the characters is just to just to play on that kind of trope, but
2: the tone will shift. That that whole thing only lasts about ten minutes. It's gone right. right. right but away. then wh- but
0: then why do it? Why even do it? Well, why? that's why
2: I'm saying. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a character thing. I think it's just him being cool with his ex girlfriend.
0: But the but Claire also completely flips.
2: Well, yeah, but the Claire thing I think makes sense. I think that's like, um, you know, after seeing the events of the past film and then. Uh, you know, having worked on the island now, is that something that they maybe could have fleshed out a little bit more, but yeah, but you know, I think it makes sense that she's, you know, working with this charity. And so obviously like she wants to do, you know, good. I, I don't necessarily have an issue with now. I think that is, I thought, I think it's funny. Cause like one of the most unrealistic things about, um, This movie about dinosaurs is that the island is going to blow up and it probably was like, it's relatively recently that it decided it was going to blow up. And then the government was like instantly like, Hey, let's do voting on this legislation. This legislation, the U S government does not work that fast. It is. That was way too quick for the U S government to work. I thought that was quite funny.
0: That's a good, that's a good point. We certainly don't. It takes very,
2: Edwards. it takes way too <laughs> long. What they finally just had rulings about Facebook privacy laws and how long has Facebook been out?
0: Too long. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of doing things quickly, um, what was Eli's plan with the auction if he didn't have to kill off Lockwood? In the well, film.
2: speak about quickly what the, that whole him killing Lockwood was yeah, just like, just oh, I just guess him. I got to kill yeah. this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But like, well, well, and, and, like it, well, and even that, even when he calls Iris back up, like, it was, was she not like, kind of like confused that's why he was like oh well he's dead guess you're gonna be looking for another <laughs> job <laughs> like,
2: just, yeah, just right away yeah like yeah that was one thing that i did have an issue with
1: was he's just like oh this guy's is an issue what should i do murder him. let me murder him it, we, we take academy award nominee james cromwell and stick him in a wheelchair in a bed for an entire film
0: like it's, it's, he could have done something and we before. kill him
1: you know you know what he was nominated for was babe the the pig movie Best supporting actor.
0: Thought that was interesting. That's yeah, that's true. That is pretty good. Um, and then just uh one more I wanted to touch on. Jurassic Park is very well known as a franchise for two things, in my opinion: the islands, the homes of the dinosaurs, and of course the carnage behind interacting with them. Mm -hmm. In this film, and I actually timed this because I was curious about this, I wanted to see how much of this film was spent on the island. 52 minutes. Tw- or, no, well, no. <laughs> 25 minutes spent from when the helicopter lands on the island to when Claire drives the Jeep onto the boat. Well, that's what I was to say.
1: They, they leave the island at the 52-minute mark.
0: Yeah, 25 yeah. minutes in total is spent on the island in a movie that is two hours and eight minutes long and, and the set and this go ahead real quick n- yeah. i was gonna say
1: that's exactly what i was getting at earlier is i want them on that island i don't want them in yeah. someone's house or this mansion that has this giant lab and basement underneath of it like uh, i want them on the
0: island See, that's where it they does it be. doesn't feel like jurassic park when you're sticking everybody inside of a mansion running around it doesn't feel that way
2: but it's not jurassic park it's jurassic world it's, it's the not.
0: Jurassic Park franchise, is okay, what I'm talking about. But
2: they gotta do something different. Like that's the thing. You've had all these movies that are set on the island. Now there's a movie. Now there's a movie that's bridging because very obviously the third one's not going to be on the island. It's. Jurassic World—they're bringing the dinosaurs into the world, so you have to have right, that bridge. Right, but it's
1: going to be—they're going to—they're not going to be enclosed to this mansion. I right. think that's my bigger problem with it. Yes, yeah, sure, bring them off the island—that's fine. But I don't want to be spending the rest of the movie inside of this mansion at an auction. Give me something more entertaining than that. Let me see the dinosaurs out and about. But amongst it wasn't.
2: Humans. But you—you see, it's just an auction. But it wasn't just an auction. Like there were, like there had to have been see because i see this is why i disagree with as far with you as far as like how they needed to tell this story because they need okay for jurassic world to become jurassic world as in the dinosaurs are out in the world how like they obviously used like the mansion everything as kind of that bridge to be and you know the dinosaurs being locked out then let go they use the mansion as that path to get the dinosaurs into the world, right? And I see what you. But that is only an hour of the movie, and I don't think that's a. I don't think that that's a big issue. And the auction itself is maybe twenty minutes. Most of the time is a. It, they have like the little the horror, uh, the little horror film with the Indoraptor and the chasing around everyone, and that's about forty minutes of the twenty uh, of the hour in the mansion. I disagree. I don't think that it's an issue that an hour of the movie takes place in the mansion. And obviously, that's not something that we're going to agree upon. Like, that, you know, one of us could say is bad and one of us... You know, it's purely subjective. Um, but I don't have an issue with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said, it is going to be subjective. Like, And I'm not expecting you to agree with me. And I'm sure you're not expecting me to agree with you. I just, Well, you better agree with I me. I completely... <laughs> I know for a fact, can I come up with the, the exact story right now? No, but I know they could have done something else that would have been a million times better. There were so many other options out there for them to do that could have been so much better than that. And and, and even with the, the auction sequence, so I, I'm very cheesy, even though it sounds like I don't like cheesiness talking about this movie. There's a lot of times, like I think they either two or three times where they use sort of the uh, – kind of like they did in mandalorian for a season where like the lights are flashing and it's like when the lights go off the character moves and the light turns back on they're suddenly closer type thing right every time they use that like you were saying this like horror sequences with the indoraptor or when they were in the lava tube thing in the bunker with claire and and franklin i love those types of things right but over in the auction all of a sudden we have this fight scene now where owen is like Suddenly, a mixed martial artist who can oh yeah you know, turn guns weird. around and, and rifle butt people. <laughs> that Hand to hand combat again. It was just as I said before. A lot of this just comes down to personal stuff for me. That's not a Jurassic Park film. I don't. You're not going to see Alan Grant going hand to hand combat with Doctor Wu. You know, like not that that's what happens in this movie, but you're not going to see that. You know, and I, I could have done completely without Owen doing all that, and fighting and stuff. And again, I think if we're not on this island, it's less about this human versus human and more about the humans versus the dinosaurs and having to survive the dinosaurs or live amongst the dinosaurs. That's the that's the interaction I want to see. I don't care about humans going against each other. We see that in every other movie. I want to see humans having to deal with, fight against, battle, live with dinosaurs.
0: I think Cameron's point then in regards to that is that he, Cameron, correct me if I'm wrong, you feel like this scene in the mansion had to sort of happen in order to get us to that point that Joel wants us to get to.
1: That is exactly No, what, and I understand exactly what you're exactly what I'm saying. Right. Yes. And I hear that he's saying that? That's not true. You you can come up with a million other ways to get dinosaurs off the island and onto the earth. Just like they didn't in The Lost World. They were building another park on US soil. Do we have to go that route? No, but there are far other options. But, but
2: see, that's exactly. But this is something that's different. They take they take Jurassic. They take the Jurassic. They take the dinosaurs and they form a little horror film inside. And I think that like, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with trying to do something new. And as you said, there are parts that doesn't work there that don't work. But I do feel that for like the whole horror. Like there are some really cool. um kind of horrid, not i don't want to even call them tropes but techniques that are used in this like um the part where the lights go on and so they can't see and so like the girl's face uh, matches yeah with the and reflection that's a great, and job. That's, Loved it. it's it's great love job it's, it's it. so cool and that's something that you wouldn't have it, you, like
1: tell me uh, can i can i offer you something yeah go for it okay completely get rid of the auction okay? okay go back to what i was saying earlier they have to rescue these dinosaurs because if not they're just gonna blow up mm-hmm. where can they take them Lockwood has this place, this lab or whatever, where he can store the dinosaurs until they find somewhere safe. Something goes wrong with the tech, whatever, they get out. Now they're in this whole facility or whatever. Maybe he even has land that that they're out and about in in enclosed mm-hmm. gates. Maybe he lives somewhere whatever. But we don't need this whole selling them off, weaponizing them so like got all of those elements can still happen without all this crap about... Again, and not to keep hammering on this, but the whole auction thing and the weaponizing them, it it just it drives me insane. It's completely unnecessary. Because I totally agree with you. I loved all those horror elements of this, and I think that's where J.A. Bayona really shined, was having all those awesome, deep horror elements in this film. That was great, and that felt like Jurassic Park. But all the stuff that was surrounding it and, and all the circumstances that led to it just didn't feel right, and I think there were so many other ways they could have gone about it.
2: Mm-hmm. See, I i disagree with the whole not wanting like the dinosaurs to be weaponized or whatever i disagree with that i think that that's an interesting idea and i actually do like that what i will agree upon with uh with you is what you were saying about the human versus human kind of thing they they failed massively in that aspect here because the villain uh, Eli Mills is not interesting in the slightest. He is very no. much like I am a bad corporate man, yeah. businessman. I'm the wor-. like he was very much like right? the fact that he killed the grandpa just like instantly like not even thinking about like they completely failed there. I feel like um um what's the doctor's name? Henry Wu is that what Henry Wu. Yeah. yeah. Henry I feel like his character is maybe a little bit more interesting because he was, cause like he was seen as like the bad guy in the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we had to choose, but like in this one, he actually showed restraint, like, no, we're not ready for the prototype to go forward kind of thing. Um, and I do think that there's an interesting storyline there. And that's why I disagree with you, Joel. Um, but I will completely agree that there's nothing in that. They completely failed with the villain in this one. Uh, cause he's just a, total caricature of a character that of a just kind of yeah. that just That's
0: kind of wraps up my point as the cast around chris pratt and bryce dallas howard just do not hit in this film they just don't it's not they're not interesting characters they're not act they're not acted poorly there's some very good actors in here they're just not characters that you're that interested in and there's a reason that they kill off most of them and the ones that are coming back are ones that were really the ones that we're most excited for from previous films. I guess that's Uh, a
2: common theme we saw with last week is that these bad movies, they just don't have characters that matter.
1: A a better villain would be, you know, maybe like the Velociraptors or something. But actually I've learned now after watching this movie, they're, they're really cute. They're cuddly. They'll come help you out when you need. The Velociraptor super super helpful, but yeah. So so th- yeah, never mind. They'd probably make a terrible
0: villain. I wouldn't be scared, you know, if they were chasing me down or anything. So I think that's a good spot for us because you two are not going to agree on this point, no matter what we talk about. I think it's a good point for us to move on to our plus up portion of uh, the podcast. I want to Bef- just go around. If there, yeah, do you have one thing before? Can, that? Yeah,
1: can I actually can I just touch on a positive? Yeah, go ahead. A, a positive about the film. I-, I know it's probably surprising that I have something to say. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom actually used more practical dinosaurs than Jurassic World did. That's true. Um, which used real dinosaurs? That's pretty Yeah, sad. yeah. <laughs> uh, which is huge for me. Um, <laughs> going back to the first film that entire the the whole sequence that really made me fall in love with that movie is the whole paddock sequence and that is a full-size tyrannosaurus rex that we're seeing in that sequence and we kind of got to see that again in the truck sequence both dinosaurs that were in the trucks both the t-rex when she's drawing the blood um, and when we have blue inside the truck for the transfusion as well those are both practical dinosaurs and we even have a practical uh, indoraptor for a little bit Um, not in the whole sequence where the you know military-esque dude is in the cage with it but when the Indoraptor's kind of first coming out we're seeing like the flashes of light um, and you can just kind of see the outline of its face that's practical and i don't know if maybe anyone else could tell but literally just those simple flashes of the indoraptor's like silhouette looked a million times more real than the actual indoraptor that we see later on in the movie but i just want to commend them for using more practicals in this one because that's what this franchise needs um is those practicals and and kind so, of touching back on the magic of the original film
0: so if you have that positive take from it and that is a good one i think that's something we could all agree is better off as opposed to just using cgi for everything in regards to something that you think you could do in this film to make it better joel what do you think that could be
1: yeah so <laughs> my my note here is get rid of the whole auction thing which i know i've pounded away at that over yeah. and over again um but kind of like i talked about earlier it, it, I can either go with my solution, which is keep them on the island for longer, let them go and try and rescue the dinosaurs as as they are proposed to do so, but have that become more of a survival type thing. Um, let them have to kind of outlast or outlive, outlast the dinosaurs on the island a little bit. Outlive, longer. outplay, yeah, outlast. yeah, outlast survivor. Um, <laughs> have to kind of survive on the island a little bit more. But I, I will agree with Cameron. I understand how that can be something that we've seen a lot already. If they're gonna bring them back over to you know you know the us or whatever i still want to see more human versus dinosaur this movie felt way too much human versus human for me you know small town people versus corporate whatever you want to call it. it it wasn't the angle that i'd like to see them take i want more dinosaur versus human i've said it a hundred times in this episode i'll say it a hundred times more that's what this film needed and that's what this franchise
0: needs Cameron, what do you think would be something... As the person who probably liked the film the most, do you think there's something that they can improve on if, if we could go back? I mean,
1: back? yeah,
2: I mean, there's... I Like, I, I know I've been defending this movie quite a bit J- just because I feel that... I, I, I want to make it clear. I don't think this is a great movie. I think this movie is fine. I think it is okay. Um, it's not something that I ever planned on watching again after my initial my initial watch through in theaters um but i pure, i think it is a good block like i think it is a blockbuster movie and there's not really anything else you should expect from a blockbuster than what we got with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom uh so of course there are a lot of things that you can do better in that situation i think one of them like blockbusters in general typically have a rough time with writing the dialogue is pretty bad like that's something we get like you know the whole um I know we talked about it a little bit but Claire and Owens first meet up and he's like you should write fortune cookies that's one of the lines he says like like I, it very much is like okay this is not good dialogue like so I feel like that like just touching up the dialogue a little bit um as far as I I really don't have. There's not. Well, really I think anything. I
0: think if you correct the writing, it takes out a lot of other issues you would have with the film. Well,
2: I'm mm-hmm. not even talking about like story writing. I'm just talking purely dialogue. Right. Like not even like fixing character. Like you could fix characters. Like what we said about like. I mean, the, again, when we come to the dialogue, right? There's that scene where the commander uh, says something to. Zia is that where Zia's character? Zia's character and she says something and he's like oh what a nasty woman (laughs) uh, like okay obviously obviously that's supposed to be you know the Hillary Clinton you know Donald Trump comp like uh, like and so like I this movie is you know trying like it it very obviously tries to kind of get those like little like oh we're hip with the time kind of things that all blockbusters do Um, you know just fixing those kind of things um, making
0: yeah, I like.
2: I think. Yeah,
0: I think um, if I don't have a lot to say in regards to plusing this up, I think this is a movie that just kind of is what it is. And there's two. If you don't like it, that's exactly. Th- yeah. If you don't like it, there's too many issues with it that you could fix it. If I could just have one fun one, there's only one death in the first 90 minutes via dinosaur in this movie in a, in a two hour movie. Just bump that number up. Oh, there's, the there's
2: more than one death there's like you mean one death Outs- that you physically see
0: yeah outside of outside of that opening sequence oh, okay, at the very okay. beginning which is arguably oh my goodness which is arguably my favorite part of the film that uh, is the, opening the sequence. best part of the film that first
1: five minutes of the movie they stop right there i would have given them a hundred dollars <laughs> I, I easily would have given them a thousand wow. dollars
2: don't take a refund take all my first money
1: five minutes of the movie was a Jurassic Park film and yeah. it went downhill from there
0: uh, I, w- I would agree that, that that sequence is the one that tricks you into thinking you're in for a great ride and then you, then you just it's just kind of falls by the wayside after that. but so we've kind of hit towards the end of our show here folks. now comes the big question and Cameron, I'm going to start with you. Would you like a refund for this film?
2: not at all i'm very happy uh i mean i'm not super happy but i'm like i came out of the movie like yeah that was fun i got popcorn that was a good
0: time i'm not asking for any refund fair enough i'm gonna go next i i want i want to say that i would get up and ask for my money if i was seeing this in the theaters again but i i just don't think i would i just, i think there's enough to keep me entertained in a stupid way that I could sit through this film again, so I am also going to say I'm good. Joel? look, look,
1: okay. If we're talking real life here, I'm never going to walk out of a movie. I don't think I'll ever see a movie that bad that I'll walk out of. Or, hey, that doesn't or, or work or want, for the podcast or want a refund. <laughs> that that being said, for sake of our situation here, and this may not seem like a lot, actually, are you actually did you tell us the price? What was the ticket when that came out? Uh, Do you have so, that?
0: So, so we have it at nine dollars and eleven cents.
1: Okay. Give me $3. Give okay. me $3 back. That's enough. I know I've been hammering this movie kind of this whole episode, but honestly, like you said, at the end of the day, it was it was a big blockbuster movie, and it was what it planned to be. You know, I just, again, for me, this personally hurt because it could have been so much more. That
0: being said, $3 is enough for me. So what we have our running totals here now, folks. What we're going to do is every week we'll tell you a little bit about where we stand and how much money we've all gotten back. Cameron in the lead for the $6 he asked back on The Greatest Showman last week. Joel now going to $3 for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And I am currently sitting at a nice $0, but that is certainly going to change next week. (laughs) Ryan
2: just doesn't need a refund because he's so rich. He's just like, he's
0: rolling in money. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um so that kind of takes us towards the end of our episode here of jurassic world fallen kingdom and as we do we rotate who's going to pick the next film and this one actually happens to be my turn so you guys know i'm a big fan of like the superhero genre films i really like the marvel cinematic universe stuff um and some of the dc stuff that they've done recently is pretty good as well there's one film though in particular that makes me more upset with what they did than any other one that's come out in the last like 20 years. So the film that we're going to do next week is going to be the Ryan Reynolds led green lantern film. Oh, (laughs) I haven't seen that. I, I saw a good chunk of it
1: and then didn't bother. Yeah. I just heard
0: how terrible it was. So I never saw it. You're going to get refreshed. Trust me. Um, so everybody that concludes our second episode here of the, I'd like a refund podcast. Uh, why don't you just take us out and tell us a little bit, Joel, first, where people can find you. Uh, I In Southern California. <laughs> no, I'm
1: just kidding. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, at PodgerFan, P-A-D-G-E-R-F-A-N.
0: There That's you go. <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Twitter as well, at uh, TheRyGuy16. And then Cameron, why don't you tell everybody where we can find you? Um, I delete all my
2: social media. What about your Twitch. Oh yeah, that's right. I stream sometimes. Uh, Twitch.tv/slash CamBay47 C A M B A I four seven. I stream chess, and I know you guys are all super interested in that. Hey, he
1: does a good job of it though. But honestly, Ryan, thanks for bringing that up. Like, hit us up, everybody. Even on our on our Instagram at Refund Pod. Like, send us suggestions. Message us. You know, reply to our stories, our comments. We want to hear what y'all are thinking movie ideas whatever yeah. we we want to interact with y'all so definitely reach out to us on i all still look
2: schedules. at the po- i still see the i've seen that there are comments about my comments so i like looking at that stuff
0: uh, we appreciate you all following along with us on apple spotify anywhere else you can listen to your podcast but that'll conclude our episode here today again for Joel, for cameron i'm ryan and thank you again for joining us here on the i'd like a refund podcast